Welcome to the Maven Nation. Maven Nation, your tactical podcast to getting more, 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 or less. With your host, Michael Andrew. Good morning, everybody. Michael the Maven here. Today is July 21st, 2017, which means tomorrow we are launching the Efficiency Playbook. We're going to have a, a few special episodes. Typically, we're going to go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We're going to go through the weekend and even through next Monday or Tuesday, five days in a row, simply because we want to make sure that you get your opportunity to download the Efficiency Playbook. The Kindle version is going to be given away, barring any technical difficulties, starting tomorrow, the 22nd through the 27th. Go to my blog, michaelthemaven.com, to get the sign up. We will send you the link as soon as it's available if there is any problems. But this is something I, I can only do it once every three months, according to Amazon r- rules. And I want to make sure that you guys get your chance for your free copy. Today, we're going to be talking about something very interesting, something I didn't really know the name for, but I realized as a teenager was that when I was emotionally invested or financially invested into something, it clouded my judgment. And this is common for everybody is that when you have time invested or money or emotion, it is harder for you to make objective decisions. And this is something I want to make you aware of and give you this advantage to take this wrapper off of your mind, so to speak. I noticed it originally when dating as a teenager. My brother Aaron and I, we we figured out, I don't even remember how we did this, but we figured out that if I was dating somebody, Aaron would have better advice for me on how to deal with her because my judgment was clouded. When he was dating somebody, he would come to me and give me certain situations and I could give him answers immediately that he couldn't see because he was emotionally invested. Later on in life, I saw this with companies that I've consulted with is they would have a problem and when advice was given to them about using an external resource They were resistant to it. They didn't want to accept it because it came from another place. So like even now, when when I consult for my own business, I have certain friends that I go to because I know they are not emotionally or financially invested and they can see the situation more clearly. So this is a phenomenon that I've, I've been wondering. Programmers, great example. Sometimes I hire and fire programmers. So I'll have some code, I'll take the code to this other programmer, and they'll say, hey, that's not our code. We can't work on it. We didn't make that. So there has always been this this phenomenon that I've seen, this resistance to ideas that did not originate with, you know, with you. What Things that we're not familiar with were automatically a little bit resistant to them, okay? And so this also ties into the investment part of clouding our judgment. So I'm reading this great book right now called The Universal Principles of Design. And it basically just came out and said, this is what it's called. It's a great book. It's a summary of design principles from different sources, but wow, just an incredible book. This phenomena is called Not Invented Here. Robert Claggett, an MIT student in 1967, is the one who is credited with the formal definition of not invented here in a paper that he wrote called The Receptivity to Innovation. And the idea is basically that when you are dealing with a new idea 
new technology, new language, new product that is coming from an external source, there is going to be this psychological bias against it, even if it is superior to what you are currently using. And I've seen this so many times. Oh, that's not my workout program. Oh, that's not my diet. And the problem with this is it is limiting our options. So if you read the efficiency playbook, there's a chapter 11 called the spyglass. It talks about using other people's solutions to fix your problems without plagiarizing or stealing or whatever. And suffice it to say that there's this tendency to believe that everything that, that originates with us is the best. And this is not the, the case. The chances are that if you have a problem, somebody else out there has already solved it. And the chances of that are very good. They're great. And so not invented here results in something that is sometimes referred to as reinventing the wheel syndrome. Is that if you have a problem, you figure or you believe that you need to create a brand new solution and be the inventor of it. And statistically, the chances of this, you being the original problem solver, it's, it's already been done most of the time. Now, that's not to say that all foreign ideas and solutions in tech is superior simply because it's unfamiliar. It's just going to say that you have a bias against the fact that sometimes it is. So the question then becomes, how can you tell when a foreign idea or tech or whatever is superior to your own? Now, I'll give you the answer right now. If you see somebody who is solving your problem and they are excelling at it two or three times or more, being more productive or more successful, getting better results, it's time to take a look at what they're doing and how they're doing it and again, I, I talk about this in the book. I'm not talking about plagiarizing or copycatting. I'm talking about using free ideas and free solutions that already exist to solve your problems. Now, here's the takeaway. This is why it's going to be so important. Using unfamiliar things can be a huge advantage because it's going to increase the rate and the speed of your ability to adapt versus trying to invent it on your own. And in closing, let me give you kind of a fun story was that we played the University of, of Washington three years. My sophomore year, we lost. My junior year, we lost. My senior year, we lost. We lost three years in a row. I graduated. And the last game that we played in was against Tulane in 1998. They had a perfect season. And, uh, you know, that was that. And I graduated and I was bummed we lost. Great, right? So the BYU coaches... They spend time with the Tulane coaches. This is their enemy, basically, their competition, learning the Tulane offense. And BYU then incorporates it into their own offense. And so when BYU plays Washington in 1999, the next year, Washington is unfamiliar with the new BYU offense. This, these tweaks that BYU had put in, and BYU beat Washington for that, that fourth year in a row we played. So... Keep that in mind. Unfamiliarity can be a great advantage if you are receptive to it. Be open-minded to foreign ideas. Don't be afraid to consult with people who are not emotionally or financially connected to what the problem is you're trying to solve. In any event, the Efficiency Playbook is going to become available tomorrow. Definitely check it out. 
get the free Kindle copy. Thank you guys so much for joining and listening. I really appreciate you. And I will talk to you next time.